Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 302 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading John chapter 11 today and our focus is on how many people did Jesus resurrect exactly and how did Jesus face death and how did he deal with grief and the death of a friend. So we're focused on death today, but in a hopeful way, and we're going to learn from Jesus how to face death when friends and family members face it. I want to encourage you to check out our website. It is Bible2021.com and to consider sharing the show with friends because our goal is to get as many people as possible journeying with us through scripture day by day as we go through each chapter. Now, when asking the question, how did Jesus face death? I'm not talking about when he faced his own death uh, before the cross, but how he acted and reacted when he faced the death of others, those close to him. As mortals, we will all face the death of friends, family members, and those we know at some point. It's one of the most universal human experiences there is, and it would likely benefit us to see how Jesus faced death. Multiple times in the Bible, Jesus encountered the death of those close to him. Now, almost certainly, Jesus lost his father Joseph to death at a fairly early age. Now, we can't prove this, but there's almost no mention of Joseph after the childhood of Jesus, but several mentions of his mother Mary. Very likely, Joseph survived at least until when Jesus moved to Nazareth because he's mentioned in passing by those in Capernaum, which is actually around 20 miles or so away from Nazareth where Jesus grew up. John 6.42 says, They were saying, Isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? However, Joseph isn't mentioned in John 2 at the wedding of Cana, nor does he appear in any narrative apart from like what we just read in John 6, somebody saying that he was the father of Jesus. Joseph doesn't really appear anywhere after Jesus's childhood, and this could explain why Jesus stayed home until he was around 30, caring for his mother and siblings. Now, beyond any sort of reasonable doubt, Joseph would have been dead when Jesus was crucified because Jesus gave the care of his mother to John the disciple, which would have been Really quite incredibly strange were Joseph still somehow alive. So Jesus faced the death of his father, but we don't know anything about it because the Bible doesn't record it. Jesus saw other deaths, however, and we do see his reaction and actions in the midst of those deaths. For instance, upon being presented in Luke chapter 7 with the heart-wrenching sight of a widow who had lost her only surviving son, Jesus moves into action. We take it up in verse 11. Afterward, Jesus was on his way to a town called Nain. His disciples and a large crowd were traveling with him, and as he neared the gate of the town, a dead man was being carried out. He was his mother's only son, and she was a widow. A large crowd from the town was also with her, and when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said, Don't weep. Then he came up and touched the open coffin, and the pallbearer stopped, and he said, Young man, I tell you, get up. So in this case, Jesus faced death with compassion and power, raising this man to life after telling his mother not to weep. Now, in another instance, the very next chapter, actually, in Luke 8 and Mark 5, we see how Jesus dealt with the death of a synagogue ruler named Jairus' daughter. And I'll read from the Mark 5 passage. Verse 35, while he was still speaking, people came from the synagogue leader's house and said, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? 
Which, I mean, good heavens, what a rude thing to say. Uh, Verse 36, we continue. When Jesus overheard what was said, he told the synagogue ruler, don't be afraid, only believe. He did not let anyone accompany him except Peter, James, and John, James's brother. They came to the leader's house and he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, but he put them all outside. He took the child's father, mother, and those who were with him and entered the place where the child was. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl got up and began to walk. She was 12 years old, and at this they were utterly astounded. So what did Jesus do here facing death? Well, he told the father not to fear, but only believe. Then Jesus actually throws out the people in that house who were disbelieving and laughing, which is pretty interesting. Does that kind of doubt and behavior create an atmosphere that is antithetical to healing and miracles? And I guess it would appear so based on, on passages like Matthew thirteen fifty eight eight, which says, and he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. How did Jesus confront death in Jairus' daughter's house? Well, he encouraged those impacted by the death to not be afraid and to believe, and he raised the dead girl to life. And he pushed away all of those who were doubters. Now, one other note of interest, a bit of a rabbit trail, but pretty interesting one. In the Luke 8 account of Jairus's daughter being resurrected, verse 55 says, her spirit returned and she got up at once. And this tells us so much about the spiritual aspects of death. When one dies, their spirit separates from their body. We'll maybe talk about that at a later date in some of the epistles of Paul. And that gets us to today's reading in John 11. How many people did Jesus raise from the dead? Well, probably quite a few, but believe it or not, the Bible only records three people that Jesus raised from the dead. Jairus' daughter, the widow of Nain's son, and... Lazarus. How did Jesus face the death of his dear friend Lazarus? Well, first, he did it with a great faith and a concern for his father's glory. We see that very early on in John 11, verse 4, which says, when Jesus heard about Lazarus being sick, he said, this sickness will not end in death, but is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. The fact is that at this time, even early on, Jesus somehow, someway knew Lazarus had died when he said the sickness will not end in death. And yet Jesus was absolutely right. This sickness did not end in death. Well, death happened in the middle. Life happened after that. Jesus was also concerned for the faith of the disciples, as we see a few verses later in verse 13 says, Jesus was speaking about the death of Lazarus, but they thought he was speaking about natural sleep. So Jesus then told them plainly, Lazarus has died. I'm glad for you that I wasn't there so that you may believe. Well, Jesus knew Lazarus had died. He knew he would resurrect him, and Jesus knew that doing so would bolster the faith of his disciples. And so far, we don't see Jesus getting really emotional here in John 11 at the death of a dear friend, but wait, because when Jesus gets to Bethany and sees the suffering and sadness of Martha and Mary, also his friends and the sisters of Lazarus, things change. 
We pick up in Mark 11, verse 32. As soon as Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and told him, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her crying and the Jews who had come with her crying, he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. Where have you put him? He asked. Lord, they told him, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, couldn't he who opened the blind man's eyes also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Well, three times in just a few minutes, Jesus was basically overcome with grief, being deeply troubled and moved to see Mary crying, then outright weeping on the way to the tomb, and then even after that, being nearly overwhelmed with grief one more time when the Jews implied that Jesus could have prevented Lazarus's death. And then, of course, Jesus shows us that he is Lord over the death, and he calls forth Lazarus from the grave, raising him to glorious life. So, in summation, how does Jesus deal with death? How did he face the death of uh, a dear friend? How did he face death when he encountered it just seemingly randomly? Well, we see in these accounts, all of them, that Jesus faced death, death with faith. Great faith and assurance that the resurrection was coming for these people. But even with his great faith, he still showed and demonstrated great compassion. And he even wept and was obviously and deeply moved in the face of grief. And Jesus demonstrates for us how we are to face death with great faith, with great compassion, and with great grief. Weeping is okay. It's expected. Jesus wept even though he knew Lazarus was about to come back to life. Breaking down and being deeply moved in the face of death is, is okay. It's appropriate. It's exactly what Jesus did. And yet, with him and like him, we maintain faith. Perhaps we won't see our loved one raised to life after four days in the tomb, but we are a people of the resurrection, and we know by faith that we will see them again by the power and might of Jesus. So let's also face death with faith. Let's go ahead and read our passage, John chapter 11, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Now a man was sick, Lazarus from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair, and it was her brother Lazarus who was sick. So the sister sent a message to him, Lord, the one you love is sick. When Jesus heard it, he said, This sickness will not end in death, but is for the glory of God, so that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus, so when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after that, he said to the disciples, Let's go to Judea again. Rabbi, the disciples told him, just now the Jews tried to stone you and you're going there again? Aren't there 12 hours in a day? Jesus answered. If anyone walks during the day, he doesn't stumble because he sees the light of this world. But anyone, if anyone walks during the night, he does stumble because the light is not in him. He said this and then he told them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm on the way to wake him up. Then the disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he will get well. Jesus, however, was speaking about his death, but they thought he was speaking about natural sleep. So then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. I'm glad for you that I wasn't there so that you may believe, but let's go to him. 
Then Thomas, called twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let's go too, so that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, less than two miles away. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. As soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Yet even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Your brother will rise again, Jesus told her. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God who comes into the world. Having said this, she went back and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. As soon as Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw that Mary got up quickly and went out, and they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb of Jesus. As soon as Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and told him, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. When Jesus saw her crying and the Jews who had come with her crying, he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. Where have you put him? he asked. Lord, they told him, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, couldn't he who opened the blind man's eyes also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Remove the stone, Jesus said. Martha, the dead man's sister, told him, Lord, there's already a stench because he has been dead four days. And Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I know that you always hear me, but because of the crowd standing here, I said this so that they may believe you sent me. After he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out bound hand and foot with linen strips and with his face wrapped in a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unwrap him and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who came to Mary and saw what he did believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees convened the Sanhedrin and were saying, What are we going to do since this man is doing many signs? If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. One of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all. You're not considering that it is to your advantage that one man should die for the people rather than the whole nation perish. He did not say this on his own, but being the high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus was going to die for the nation, and not for the nation only, but also to unite the scattered children of God. So from that day on, they plotted to kill him. Jesus therefore no longer walked openly among the Jews, but departed from there to the countryside near the wilderness to a town called Ephraim, and he stayed there with the disciples. Now the Jewish Passover was near, and many went up to Jerusalem from the country to purify themselves before the Passover. They were looking for Jesus and asking one another as they stood in the temple, What do you think? He won't come to the festival, will he? The chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, he should report it so that they could arrest him. Well, as we see, Jesus is Lord over death, and he is the Lord of life. Let's close with our 
Bible memory passage for the month of October. It is 1 John 4, 7, and 8, and it says, Dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. Amen. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.